Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to the program Tawheed and the Creation, a program which looks at the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Bilasari Mani, and uh, we explore the internal and external dimensions of the universe and uh, we link this to aspects of Tawheed. In studio with me, as always, Bilasari Mani, Bilasari, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to the show. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Muhammad Fasih. As always, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Alhamdulillah, likewise, Badasani. And uh, yes, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've covered a lot of ground. We've traveled the cosmos, subhanAllah. And I believe that uh, from looking at the stars, because we entered the realm where our solar system is, we entered the realm where we could see the stars. And uh, last week uh, and the week prior, we were engaging on the aspect of stars, engaging on the aspect of this immediate universe. Um, and tonight, I believe we'll be looking at something that all of us are familiar with. And of course, we'll be speaking about the sun, inshallah. So, Bidasani, <coughs> how will we be taking the first step this evening, inshallah? Muhammad Fasih, uh, shukran. Um, we touched on the sun when we did the last episode, but I'm just going to repeat some of the salient features about our previous program. Um, and that's to mention that the sun, although we look at it and it appears like a giant ball of fire, is actually not solid, but mainly made up of gases, um, hydrogen and helium gases, amazingly. Uh, what we also want to repeat is the fact that the sun moves in an orbit around the center of the Milky Way, in the same way that, that our planet Earth moves around the sun, the sun also has a similar orbit where it moves around the center of the Milky Way and at this phenomenal speed of 800,000 kilometers per hour. Now that 800,000 kilometers is the sun with all its satellites. And when we talk about its satellites, we're talking about the planets around the sun. And all of those planets have moons, not all of them, but most of them have moons. And their moons, the planets and the sun is in one orbit around the center of the Milky Way at this phenomenal speed of 800,000 kilometers per hour. But then comes the other amazing fact that we've discovered when we spoke about the sun, and that is that the sun consumes 600 million tons of gas every single second for the duration of the lifetime of the sun. And the sun has been in existence um, for five billion years. <laughs> you can do your own calculations, Muhammad Fasih. 600 million tons every second. And the sun, the age of the sun, uh, scientists have uh, calculated to be five billion years and they say it has another five billion years of life in it. 
Subhanallah. And, and if we think about it, the fuel for the sun on earth, if we start a fire, uh, whether it be a gas fire, whether it be a fire made by oil, or if we're using wood, so we need something to keep that fire going. There needs to be a fuel to that fire. Yet the sun seems to be out in the solar system, and there's no one feeding wood into a furnace to keep it going. Subhanallah. <laughs> Subhanallah. That's one of the miracles, uh, Subhanallah. Um, I'm glad we actually spoke about things uh, like how atoms, the power that we have in the atoms. You see, if we now start making the connection between some of the previous programs, uh, it would be useful to go back to some of those programs. And Alhamdulillah, I think you will point out to listeners how they can go back to uh, listen to some of the previous programs. Um, to go back and see that the sun creates its energy the way it utilizes the stored energy within atoms. The atoms supplies the energy of the sun um, through a process of fusion. Fusion is where the, 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 the centers the core of the atoms are fused together and through that uh, process it creates a nuclear energy which is what we observe out there. So there's an enormous amount of power that if we were to look at it that it's, um, as you say, where does it come from? It actually comes from how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed that power to be stored within atoms. Now, speaking about uh, the sun in the context of uh, understanding the, the role that it plays in our solar system, uh, can we say that as much as the sun exists uh, to, to maintain balance and order as part of, of a system, that it seems like the sun serves the purposes of the earth where there is human life? more than anything else in the galaxy, more than anything else in, in this solar system. It seems as if the sun has a relationship with the earth that is very, very unique. The one thing that is absolutely amazing is that despite all the nuclear activity that happens on the sun, that for five billion years, the sun has generally maintained the same kind of radiation and energy which the earth experiences for five billion years. <laughs> um, just anything to keep it in check and balance so that it doesn't radically change much higher or much lower. If that were to happen, if the sun's um, temperature were to change a lot higher or a lot lower, there will be no earth either way. So that, that the sun has maintained that strict, rigid band within which it generates its heat. And that has actually made the, 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 the life and the existence of the earth possible. Um, for five billion years, or while the Earth is only four and a half billion years, but for the for the duration of the the, the life of the Earth. 
Now, we're speaking about an immense amount of power. We're speaking about an immense amount of power and energy. But obviously, we always take it back to the source of all power and all energy. And we refer obviously to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do we connect this concept of power uh, as it unfolds here with the source of all power, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Subhanallah. Um, you know, when we reflect on these things, Muhammad Fasih, then um, you can't help but marvel at how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is. If the sun is maintained in this rigid band of emitting and transmitting all this energy in this strict band of temperature, and we look at the rest of creation, where there are billions, if not trillions of stars, like the sun, the sun is a star. We mustn't forget that. And that what we are seeing here in the night sky is only a small part of what the universe is composed of. And all those little twinkling, little twinkling little stars that the children make up their nursery rhymes from um, are in fact suns out there. Some which we can see and some which we can't see. All that power that we refer to the sun, there's even more power that's out there in the universe times a trillion or more. And all that power ultimately we must see coming not only from that initial spark, but where did that spark come from and who created that spark that drives this entire universe. And then we come to the sifat of, of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-powerful. So we'll be speaking uh, around the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and particularly looking at uh, the sifat of uh, Allah entitled the all-powerful or, uh, or al-qadir. Uh, and we'll be tackling this particular topic when we come back. Uh, you tune to VRC 91.3 FM. This is the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Abdusali Mani. And when we return, we will continue. Stay tuned. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا ولا قوة إلا Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome back uh, to the program Tawheed and the Creation uh, with Badassali uh, Mani uh, looking at the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body and tonight uh, we are reflecting in the next segment on the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and particularly which reflects on the all-powerful. So Badassali, in understanding the concept of Al-Qadir, particularly from the perspective of the Quran and, and the Sunnah, but particularly the Quran, how does Allah describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala self using this name? Muhammad Fasih in the Quran, verse 46, 33, and I quote, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us and says, Do they not see that Allah, He who had created the heavens and the earth and was not wearied by creating them, has the power to bring the dead to life? Yes, 
indeed he has power over all things close quote verse 46 33 in the holy quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, himself speaks to us that that we can know allah has power over all things now the name al-qadir is a name that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given himself so that we can understand the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this particular name is also a sifat, the all-powerful. Um, at some point we'll speak about whether there's a difference between the sifat or an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But for now, it is both a sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, an attribute, as well as one of the divine names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the all-powerful as an attribute describing that Allah is the all-powerful should give us a very clear understanding that Allah is the only one that has power over creation and that Allah has confirmed in the Quran. So we are not saying anything new. But what we are saying is that this power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be measured. You know, it, it doesn't matter what kind of instruments we were to get, the most sophisticated instruments in the world would be unable to even measure the energy and power that we have in the universe today. And that was a mere spark of that original energy. But what we can say is that as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sifats all are, this sifat is also perfect. It has no limits. It has no, uh, 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 it is beginningless and it's endless. Um, there's no boundary to the ability and the capacity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's um, divine power. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And so when we look at that, uh, Sali, and we, we reflect upon uh, what we've said in terms of the fact that Allah's power is limitless, uh, we see a symbol of that in terms of the immense power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. Like for instance, the sun. No human being will ever be able to walk on the surface of the sun, <coughs> let alone it being the, for the fact that it is a, a ball of gas, but the intensity of the heat contained out there in the universe. Atoms being torn apart and, and, and uh, maybe may stitched back together all the time. SubhanAllah, in, in this ball of gas, keeping it burning at such a high temperature, there are extremes in the universe, extreme cold and obviously extreme heat as well. And then if we reflect upon all of these things and we look at it in terms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power, doesn't it seem like that is a symbol of the limitless power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That there is no, there is no end to it. There is no, there is no uh, cap on, on, on the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muhammad Fasih, the, the um, reason in my view and this is just an opinion. How did we get to know this knowledge? Allah created our brains and the abilities of people to actually understand how hot the sun is actually. 
Allah could have made it impossible for us to determine that. But Allah created us with the possibility of actually arriving at um, an understanding of what goes on in the universe. That the sun at its core is 20 million degrees Celsius. If it is 30 degrees, uh, yeah, uh, 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 we feel like we're going to die. Only 30 degrees. 25 million degrees with so much power in the sun, Allah gives us a hint of Allah's power at the material level. So the knowledge is made available and opened up to us so that we can actually marvel at how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is. Now one of the truly great things about Allah's power is that Allah exercises this power over the entire universe, not only our sun, but even if we just only think of the sun, that Allah uses, Allah exercises this power without any effort. It doesn't require any effort for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to exercise power, maintain and control the activities that's going on in the sun and the rest of the universe without effort. But the amazing thing, all that energy that is being used actually doesn't get less, not even in the universe. The, uh, now we have discovered that the energy in the universe doesn't get less or it doesn't get more. It just changes form from one form to another. And this is a scientific fact. Matter and energy can change from one another, from one form to the other, but it doesn't get less, it doesn't reduce, but it cannot also be created. So new energy cannot be added to the universe, nor can it be taken away from the universe, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed things to be like that. So, Sadi, to explain that concept, I'm thinking of, let's say, for instance, one has a sealed glass box. And inside this box, one drops a little bit of water, uh, one puts glasses with water and all of these things, and then one heats it up, one freezes it, and all of those things. And all of these reactions take place in that box. So, eventually, when you heat the water, it evaporates, it becomes steam in that box. It condenses somewhere else. You refrigerate that box, there is ice, but it takes another form. But nothing escapes from that container, in a sense, because it's sealed. So, hence, if we look at the universe in terms of the transference of energy from one state to another, uh, we are saying, obviously, that Allah subhanahu wa has given to this world exactly what we find here, and nothing can be taken away, and nothing can be given. It's just the transference of energy from and matter from one state to another. That's a, a, a very, very nice example, Fasih, of if you look at water, where it changes from one state to the other, uh, but the amount of uh, oxygen and hydrogen, which makes up, uh, we know, H2O, is the formula for water. So the amount of hydrogen and oxygen doesn't increase. Um, it just changes form, but it remains the same, whether in the one form or the other. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the law of 
what they refer to as the law of thermodynamics is that um, energy cannot be uh, new energy cannot be added to the universe nor can it be taken away it's to teach us as human beings you can't scratch here <laughs> this Allah has put limits on no matter what you do the energy here in this universe will remain as Allah has created it and don't think you can destroy it because Allah has created the law that the energy cannot be destroyed it will only change from one form to the other Subhanallah. Subhanallah. The voice of Bilasar Imani, this is the program Tawheed and the Creation. This evening, first we started looking at the sun a little bit more, leading on from our discussion from the previous weeks. And uh, then we started moving on into the concept of power and looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the all-powerful. We'll come back and we'll continue that discussion after this break. Stay with us. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation. Uh, looking at the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body with uh, Buddha Sadi Mani. This evening we are reflecting on the name, the all powerful Al Qadir. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, we spoke about before the break is just the idea that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has given uh, a certain measure of power, a certain measure of, of, of energy, a certain measure of of matter to this world that cannot be reduced it cannot be subtracted it cannot be multiplied it is exactly in the measure that Allah has given it um, but now when we look at power in the in that concept how do we understand it looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the one who gives power as the one who who is the authority of power and on power shukran for for bringing that aspect um, to the notice to my notice and to the listeners notice when we talk about power we don't all only understand it to mean energy or or power that can be utilized uh, in one form or another we're also talking about the authority the, uh, the, the the one who's in charge the powerful the one who is able to exercise um, is divine will without any other uh, interference now yes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only source of power and we must remember this because we sometimes fall in the trap when we talk about shaitan um, and we talk about shaitan and we say no I uh, actually didn't want to do it but shaitan forced me um, now, uh, are we saying that Satan has power to make you do things? We must be careful when we say this because Satan does not have power uh, next to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Satan does not have whatever power Satan has also comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the old discussion about now, how does this work? Uh, with respect to his ability to mislead us uh, is a discussion on its own and if, if time ever allows we can get to that. 
And so, obviously, when we look at that, when we look at the creed of belief, uh, we're obviously talking about khair wa shar min Allah ta'ala. So basically, good and bad coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is, it is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is, is, is in charge of. So there can be nothing that affects this world that Allah is not responsible for. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> Muhammad Fasih, um, inshallah, if Allah gives us time, uh, and 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 uh, we ever get to that? That is an extremely complicated and difficult topic to say that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created good and bad. Uh, how do we understand that? And how do we understand the role of Shaitan in leading us towards the one uh, uh, aspect of either, or, well, in this instance, uh, a bad? Um, now. The ability of shaitan, let me just make one thing very clear. Shaitan does not have his own power. If we were to say shaitan has power, his own independent power, you're actually making a grave, grave, grave mistake. You're actually saying there are two centers of power. Shaitan's power and Allah's power. There can be nothing that competes with Allah's power. Allah is ultimately the source of all power, including the power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave shaitan to do certain things. But shaitan, and can I make this point and emphasize it? Shaitan does not have the ability to force us to do anything. Shaitan can only whisper to us to mislead and tempt us to do the bad. But shaitan on the day of Qiyamah will say, Oh Allah, you have not given me the power to force them to do anything. You have only given me the power to mislead them and whisper to them to do the wrong things. They made their own choices. So shaitan does not have his independent power and shaitan cannot force us to do anything that we do not choose to do ourselves so continuing with the idea of uh, power and uh, we kind of frame the idea around the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is the authority of power so understanding that when we look at the universe around us and we see the immense amount of power that it took to create all of this in one go and we think about the fact that from a single spark that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, had, had sent forth, this whole universe came into existence and all the laws pertaining to it, the laws of gravity and all of those things. And then when we examine all of that and we understand that the universe formed, the, the planets formed, the solar systems formed over millennia, over, 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 over millions and, and billions of years, all coming back to the idea that this is just a demonstration of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power. And this universe, the creation of this universe was easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, subhanallah, Allah is great. When we say Allahu Akbar, it must have a different meaning for us. Because we are starting to get just a glimpse of how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is by reflecting on creation. Now, if we say that Allah not only created the spark, but Allah created 
every single thing that emerged eventually out of that spark and everything that we have today, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created that, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also the source of power that keeps everything going and for its continued existence, its maintenance, Allah supplies that kind of power that must truly affirm and confirm the existence of an absolutely great, enormously powerful, supreme being that governs and keeps all of this together. But I want to make another point, Muhammad Fasih. If we look at the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we look at Allah and see how great Allah is by reflecting on the universe, we must extract something from this sifat that Allah is the one who is in charge. And we must try and emulate or copy um, the sifat of Allah in our daily existence where it is possible. We can obviously not do everything the way Allah does it, but we must try and copy that. Now, anyone who is in charge of any situation, whether you're a boss or whether you think you are in charge of your, of your family, and to some extent, yes, that's another topic on its own, but where you are given the ability to lead or to be in charge, you must be sure that you now practice that authority and being in charge of whatever in a way that's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so often we fall in the trap, so often we fall in the trap where we abuse our positions of being in charge, um, where we belittle and mistreat those who are under us because we think we are in charge. And you say to people, I'm the boss. Are you really the boss? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us how to practice and, 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 and emulate this sifat of Allah. We must do it as slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not behave as if we are partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because that is extremely, extremely dangerous. On that note, uh, Bilisali, I think uh, that's where we'll leave it for this session, inshallah. It's been, uh, once again, a fantastic program where we've looked at so many different aspects and, as we always say, covered so much ground. Uh, and tonight, subhanAllah, just reflecting upon the beauty of the of the name of Allah subhanahu wa al-Qadir and how we begin to understand uh, the manifestation of this quality. Subhanallah, uh, in essence, and we see the manifestation of that, or symbols of that around us. Subhanallah. Uh, inshallah, in a future program, we will uh, obviously go a little bit more in depth with uh, the Sifa as well, and uh, we'll be exploring other aspects uh, pertaining to as we become a little bit closer to the earth now. Inshallah. I mean, yeah, inshallah, Muhammad Fasih, the night we didn't speak a lot about the actual scientific. Uh, understanding of how the universe came into being and I think we should reflect more and more now on the Tawheed aspects of what we have learned and covered up to now 
and try and see the connection to Tawheed and how it strengthens our Iman. And inshallah, we will be coming back to some aspects of this wonderful name of our Qadir. And inshallah, uh, in the next program, we hope to now get to planet Earth. Inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran so much, Brother for joining us. All the best. And wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Faseek From myself Muhammad Faseek Peterson Till I speak again inshallah I bid you assalamu alaikum And have a fantastic evening further La hawla wa la quwata illa billah La hawla wa la quwata illa billah